unless you uh, live off the grid, you know exactly what uh, our city council is uh, considering. And uh, they've been discussing this for the last two uh, uh, Wednesday nights, and uh, they're going to continue to discuss this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. And I want to encourage you to uh, to join us. Uh, the those who were in favor of the casino, they were, they were, uh, they're in force, uh, this last Wednesday. Uh, there was a good constituency of, uh, of others who were against, but, uh, church, it's, it's our opportunity to, uh, let our opinion be known and that we are against this, uh, this casino coming into town. And, um, it is the Tibisha Shoshone tribe that is requesting that uh, this cons- this casino be uh, be built within city limits. And if you don't know where this casino is uh, being considered or where it's going, they want to locate this. This is just right outside the gate um, on China Lake Boulevard, on uh, just approximately 300 yards from where Emmanuel Christian School is. You know, I found one thing that was that was said by uh, Mr. White this last Wednesday night, the developer of this uh, project. He said, we had, we had about 12 different sites uh, that we were considering, but uh, we had to uh, take out some of those sites because they were too close, they were too close to either a church or a school. And so my question to him was, how close is too close? Because Emmanuel Christian School is just right down the street. Uh, church, this is a uh, very uh, serious issue, and I want to—that's uh, that I'm addressing this morning. And as I talk about um, this subject, it's—it's it's not because I'm against um, Indians. No, I, I love Indians. I'm a, I'm one sixteenth Cherokee Indian. And I understand that, uh, this Indian tribe wants to carve out a business and, uh, and provide for their people. But this, uh, gaming facility is, uh, not appropriate for our community. And I will go into reasons why, why in just a moment. Um, and if you drove in this morning off of China Lake Boulevard, maybe you noticed our uh, digital sign because it, it's the subject that I'm addressing this morning. And, uh, and I'm sure that uh, this subject matter will give our church a black eye. But when you talk about people's idols, uh, not everyone is going to be happy about that subject. If you're in a life group this week, you're going to be looking at Acts chapter 19, where Paul was in Ephesus, and he was talking about the city's idol. And people were up in arms because Paul's message was causing them to lose income from their idol worship and the money that was being made off of, of, off of their idol. And uh, it cost Paul dearly. And there's times, church, where we must stand up and speak up, and not everyone will always agree with you. And, uh, you know, as we're looking at this, this issue, and as pastors have addressed the city the council, we've been accused of being stuck in the past, that uh, we're against progression, and that we don't want the city to grow. But we see the other side of, uh, of this issue. We know that bringing a casino to our community is going to put families at risk. It, it, it sends the wrong message to our children and future uh, generations of what is and isn't acceptable. And it invites more crime to come into our community. And so I wanted to address this important subject this morning. 
And as I address it, I want us to have an understanding of uh, what gambling is. I want to give you a definition of gambling this morning. Uh, and you have your outline. You, it's a very vague outline because I didn't get this outline to Shauna until about uh, 11 o'clock Friday morning. Uh, I only chose to address this subject after Wednesday night city council meeting that went to 11.30 that night. And I thought to myself, I really need to preach on this uh, uh, this today. And so I took Thursday and and. Friday morning to get this together, and I still really know specifically what my outline was, so your outline this morning is rather general in nature, but you do have a, a place to, uh, to uh, write out this definition. The definition of gambling is this, to play a game of chance for stakes. A stake is a prize that is obtained at another gambler's expense. And when we look at casino gambling, there have to be a lot of losers, an incredible amount of losers so that just a few can win. And casinos, they love to promote what's at stake, how much you can win, but they never go into the details of how many people have to lose. Now I want to address the the question this morning, is gambling sinful? Because you will not find in scripture a verse that says specifically that gambling is sinful. I can't I can't show you a verse in the Bible. But just because the Bible doesn't say something explicitly doesn't mean that it's wrong. Because there are things in the Bible that violate biblical principles and gambling is one of those issues. You know, take for instance arson. You will not find in the Bible a verse that speaks out explicitly against arson. But there are some principles that cover the subject of arson. Look at uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. The Bible says, You also shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the, the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And oftentimes when arson takes place, someone is getting vengeance towards another individual. And the Bible says you're not to do that. Um, when it comes to arson, you shouldn't even um, uh, uh, entertain this in your heart uh, to want to do something of that nature. Look at Zechariah chapter 18, verse 17. It says, Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And Love no false oath, for all these things I hate, declares the Lord. Do not devise evil, even in your hearts, towards another. And so, those are some principles pertaining to the subject of arson that you won't find explicitly in the Bible. You won't find uh, the idea of a... Of, Refraining from cocaine in the Bible. But uh, there are a lot of verses that have to do with sobriety and being in your right mind uh, and things of this nature. And you can go through a whole host of subjects where the Bible doesn't talk about it explicitly. But there are biblical principles that we are not to violate. And gambling is is one of those. Um, when it comes to gambling and biblical principles uh, that uh, that contradict uh, the lifestyle of gambling, gambling fuels covetousness, greed, materialism. It's associated with crime, uh, vice, corruption. 
Uh, wherever gambling exists, crime rates rise. And uh, it contradict, contradicts a, a biblical work ethic that we need to be working hard for for our money. And so there was an individual who was on a Christian college campus and he was he was speaking directly to the to these things. And but yet there was a student in the audience that was unconvinced. He didn't believe that the 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 speaker had made had made his point very clear that gambling is a sin. And so he shared some things with the speaker uh, following his presentation. And I just want to read this because I think it's well written. And there are arguments that this student uses that you hear. And uh, as a church, as a Christian, how can we address those? And so it's my desire this morning that you be equipped so that you can carry on an intelligent conversation with uh, those that you work with that may disagree with uh, your convictions concerning gambling. But this is what the student said. He said this, You have not shown that gambling is a sin. Let me reply to your arguments one by one. First, he said, Take the example of arson. It is wrong to burn down your neighbor's field or his house. It is wrong to burn down your neighbor's field or his house only when there is no mutual consent. But but suppose he wanted your help burning his field because he wanted to clear the land. Then it would not be sin for you to set fire to his property. As a matter of fact, he continued, my neighbors had abandoned, had an abandoned building that they were going to demolish for a new commercial development. So they allowed some fire department trainees to set fire to the building and practice putting it out. It wasn't a sin for the rookie fireman to set fire to that house because the owner had given his consent. And gambling is always By mutual consent, he said. So it cannot be wrong. So it cannot be wrong done against your neighbor because you have his concurrence before the game of chance begins. And I've heard people say, you know, no one's being forced to go into these casinos. People are going of their own volition. But he wasn't finished. Second, he said, Gambling isn't necessarily motivated only by covetousness and greed. I like to gamble for recreation and sheer entertainment. Looking at me, he asked, what is your favorite form of entertainment? He said, I like to take my sons to a baseball game. Fine, he answered. If you take your family to a baseball game, by the time you've bought tickets, paid for parking, and got some food or drinks, you have probably spent between a hundred and a hundred and fifty dollars. And if you go to a Dodger game, you're absolutely miserable when they've lost. So that that's not a part of this. Okay, and very used to that. Okay, all that money to watch an athletic contest. You get nothing tangible for your money except maybe a Coke and a pretzel. The whole game is over in two and a half hours and you go back home with nothing to show for the money you spent. It is just entertainment, sheer recreation. Now, the form of recreation I prefer is gambling. I can take that same $100 and go to a casino where I might spend the entire evening playing blackjack. I get all the Cokes and pretzels I want for free. And if I have a good night, I can play for four or five hours with my $100, twice as long as you spent at your two-and-a-half-hour ball game. Furthermore, he said, I might win. And then I will go home with even more money than I came with. But I don't do it because of greed. I do it because that is what I enjoy, just like you enjoy baseball. Now, he said, let's talk about the stewardship issue. 
you went to an athletic event and have nothing permanent to show for the money you spent. I have more money coming out than I had going into this casino. But even if I lose, I am a disciplined loser. And I always set a specific amount I am willing to lose. Never more than about a hundred dollars. And if I lose that much, I quit and walk away. That is still less money than you spent on your baseball outing. And it usually buys me several hours of exciting entertainment. Sometimes I even win, so I can even make money through my form of entertainment. Now I ask you, which is better stewardship? I took a deep breath and pondered the best way to reply. But before I can answer, he continued. There are risks involved in gambling, he said. But the farmer who spends money to buy seed and plant a field also takes a huge gamble every year. If the weather destroys his crop, he will lose far more than I ever risk. Risk is a normal part of all of our lives. And then he asked me, do you have any investment, uh, any of your retirement savings in mutual funds? As a matter of fact, I do. So I acknowledge that, that fact. Well, he said, you are taking a risk with that money. You yourself are gambling that the market will rise. What if it goes down? You will lose money. So you're gambling that it will go up. Meanwhile, you have put your savings at risk. How in the world can you tell me you think gambling is sinful? You aren't even practicing what you preach. If it is wrong to gamble, it is wrong for you to put your retirement savings in the stock market. And if it is unwise stewardship for me to gamble at cards, then it is also bad stewardship for you to invest money in mutual funds. And finally, he said, my enjoyment of gambling has got nothing to do with my work ethic. In addition to my student class load, I work a full-time job during the week and make good money. For me to spend $100 on a Friday night at the casino is no more a reflection on my work ethic than for you to spend 150 on Friday evening at a baseball game. Gambling is just entertainment for me. And unless you are prepared to argue that all forms of entertainment are sinful, give me better arguments to show that gambling violates the Bible's moral standards. Or show me where the Bible says gambling is a sin. Otherwise, I am going to keep visiting casinos. And some of you hear those very same arguments. And what do you say to that kind of individual? If you have, if you have life insurance, you know, that's a form of gambling. You are betting the life insurance company that you're gonna die. And the life insurance company is betting you that you're not gonna die. That's gambling. You know, we all, it's the law that we have to have car insurance. And, uh, car insurance is the same way as life insurance. But if we don't have car insurance, not only are we breaking the law today, but, uh, and we don't have the peace of mind that, that car insurance or life insurance or health insurance brings. You know, the stock investing in the stock market isn't the same as gambling you when you are putting your money at risk uh yes there is a gamble but in that 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 investment you're going to you're going to help promote wealth for others as well you may lose, and that's the risk you take, but you are investing in companies and helping them grow. And so wealth is being produced. When it comes to casino gambling, there's no wealth being 
produced. It's just being redistributed. And there's some other issues that I'm going to address this morning as well. But uh, let's talk, I want to talk a moment about the biblical principles that are violated when it comes to casinos. And the first is greed and materialism. It promotes greed and materialism. Casinos appeal to the idea, to the concept of getting rich and that you need more material things and that you don't have enough. And if you'll just come to to this location, we will help you to um, achieve your dreams. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The Bible says, avoid the love of money uh, because it creates a whole host of heartache. And, and you will find the love, the pursuit of money at uh, gambling establishments. Did you know that uh, 40% of white-collar crimes, uh, white-collar crimes being uh, embezzlement, uh, money laundering, investment fraud, fraud. 40% of white-collar crimes are committed uh, by those who have gambling problems. It fuels uh, greed. It creates problems. Uh, at the previous church I served in, in San Bernardino and Highland, uh, there is a... Uh, there's a casino uh, there, and while I was serving there, this casino came into existence. Sam, Sam Manuel Indian Bingo, very successful uh, casino in that community. I counseled with a young father who worked uh, in that casino. And uh, this, this young father was absolutely destitute. He didn't have a penny to his name even though he worked uh, at the, the the casino. And the reason why he didn't have a penny to his name, he said, because, Pastor, I take my paycheck that I've received, and when I get that paycheck, I go to uh, to the office in the casino, and I cash my paycheck in hopes that I might double my money. Here is a young father who's struggling to provide for the needs of his family, and the casino is taking all of his money. Yes, he gave it up voluntarily, but this is these are the consequences of that kind of lifestyle. <clears throat> Gambling is built upon materialistic Lust. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Yes, gambling is a form of entertainment, and for, um, for many gamblers, uh, it, it brings happiness for a period of time, but it is only temporary. It doesn't last. I'm close to one individual who um, is proud of what she was able to accomplish in the the casinos that she she she, she, she would attend. She was part of the High Roller Club. She was so successful that she won three automobiles. She won three nice automobiles. Two of those automobiles she had to sell because she couldn't afford the sales tax 
associated with those automobiles. And this was her, but this was her justification that see, gambling pays off. And even though she still may have that one automobile, she is destitute. She has had to claim bankruptcy because she can't pay her creditors. And she still says, denies, that she has a gambling addiction. And the only reason why she can't go to the casino today is because she physically can't get there. Otherwise, she would be there. Gambling is a serious issue that hurts individuals. It hurts families. Andy Rooney said this, Having enough is nowhere near as much fun as I thought it was going to be when I didn't have any. There's a sign that reads, When I first started working, I used to dream of the day I would earn the salary I am now starving on. And that happens to those who are caught up in addiction or gambling um, habits. It fuels greed and materialism. Not only does that that conflict with biblical, biblical values, but secondly, it exploits the poor and the vulnerable. It is a subtle form of thievery. Casinos might as well go walk down the street with a loaded gun and point it to people and say, give me all the money you have. Because that's what casinos are doing. And it preys on the vulnerable. It preys on the poor. You go home and you read James chapter 5 verses 1 through 6 and see what God says about how the haves treat the have-nots. Casinos appeal to the hopes of the impoverished with outrageous prizes. And they know the marketing Science to what they do. They realize that only a few can win to the losing of the multitude. You might ask yourself, well, why don't they uh, create more prizes? Why don't they spread the wealth out a little bit more? Because that marketing strategy will not sustain themselves. Built into the gambling system is only a few can win and the house. The house must win big time. Folks, Las Vegas wasn't built on winners. Las Vegas is built on losers. There is a company that wants to come to town and invest $29 million into facilities for this gaming, gambling establishment. $29 million. Why do they think that it's worth $29 million? Because they're seeing the return. You know, they're not just looking to get their money back. No, they're looking to win Big time. And those who lose, those who lose are parents who are trying to provide for their families. Those who lose are senior adults who are being uh, exploited uh, for um, their vulnerability. Two weeks ago, I listened to a pastor talk about his dad who suffers from dementia. He's 90 years old. 
and uh, he has he ran up an enormous uh, gambling debt. He had he had the funds at one time, but he has nothing left to his name, and he has all this credit card debt. And the family came came alongside the dad, and they wanted to understand this problem. What happened? So they hired a private investigator to go see what was taking place in the casino. And they saw prostitutes uh, come around senior adults and make give them just lots of warm and warm fuzzies. You know, they would sit with them next to the card table or, or whatever and throw poker chips at them. They would rub their back. This was what was happening to uh, their father. He liked going to this casino because he liked the way people made him feel. And he would go to the office where you would uh, get money for chips or whatever, and he would give them their his credit card and run up his, his credit card bill. The family uh, took this information and they took the took it to the owners of the casino, showed them what was taking place. You know what the owners of the casino did? Nothing. Because that's their strategy. They're out to make a buck. As many bucks as they possibly can. And they will... Pray on the elderly, on the vulnerable, and extract from them as much as they possibly can. Casinos know this. They know that the baby boomer generation is getting older and older, and there is a huge market there, and that's why we see Casinos continue to grow because they have something that they want to extract. And they want to prey on the lonely and the disconnected. And I'm here to say this morning that our city leaders are gambling on the future of our city. They are playing with fire. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27 says, Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? We're getting ready to burn ourselves if we don't stop this. Why say anything, Pastor? You know, you're giving our church a black eye and you know what? We're not going to stop gambling. Even though this casino doesn't come here, people are going to go elsewhere to gamble. Pastor, are you saying that just because there's some problem gamblers, we can't have a casino? Well, what about the, all the liquor stores and bars in town? There's problem drinkers. Should we shut all those things down as well? You know, I, are you just out to rain on everybody's parade? Well, we are deciding on this issue, and we don't have to entertain this in our. We don't have to create a convenient vice. Okay, yes, they have to go elsewhere, but if it's right here on our front porch, how simple will it be for people to just go and stay and turn over all that they have? The point people are making about um, the benefit, the huge benefit to this casino coming to Ridgecrest is it's going to be a windfall financially for this community. You know, if it's going to be such a huge blessing to this community, why are they enticing our city leaders 
with an $80,000 gift for a new police car. Wow, they're going to give us $80,000 so we can buy a new police car. Why are they wanting to buy us a new police car? You know, when Joann's or Marshall's or Walmart came to town, did they have to entice our city leaders with a new police car? No. But a casino feels like they need to do that. I mean, Pastor, they're going to give us between four hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars a year that can be spent on our community that will be reinvested in our community. This is a win-win. Well, listen to what some other people have said, leaders, city leaders have said about casinos in their communities. Virgil Peterson, former crime commissioner in Chicago, says this. Gambling produces no wealth. It simply redistributes it from the hand of the many to the hands of the few. Gambling invariably leads to higher police and welfare costs. Senator Alexander Wiley from um, Wisconsin says this. The idea that legalized gambling will be a revenue raiser is an illusion. Every dollar raised from such sources means $5 spent in higher police costs, court costs, penitentiary costs, and relief costs. Nevada is the gaming capital of the nation. And the crime rate is twice the national average. And the suicide rate is triple. Harry Reid, who's now the uh, U.S. Senator, was formerly the chairman of the Nevada Gaming Control Commission. This is what a Democrat, uh, now Senator, says. Any state trying to follow Nevada's lead will find that the social costs far outweigh any economic advantage. USA Today in 2013 said this, Much of the crime state officials maintain comes from the swarms of tourists who visit Las Vegas, Reno and other cities with casinos and related entertainment. Factor out the casino traffic in Reno and local crimes, the local crime rates are similar to the rest of the nation. Nevada also has among the lowest high school and college graduation rates. You know, one of the arguments that we hear over and over at these city council meetings is that Ridgecrest is going to become a tourist definite, uh, destination. That all these people on the outside are going to come to Ridgecrest and they're going to spend their money and Ridgecrest is going to benefit. This is not going to be a tourist destination. I love our city. But it is not the most attractive city in California. Tourists are not going to gravitate here. They'll go to Las Vegas. They can go to San Bernardino. They can go to Palm Springs. But we're not going to attract the traffic. It's going to be basically be among the people of this community. The argument is that one one individual said this at uh, last city council meeting. She said, uh, speaking to the city council, she said, please leave uh, religion and morality out of the decision that you are about to make. Don't listen to the churches. This is purely a business decision that's going to benefit our community. 
And one city council member said, following that statement, listen, I like gambling. I am a disciplined gambler. My husband and I, we don't like going to movies, but we like going to casinos. But when we go to casinos, we limit ourselves to $20. And we find that a fun form of entertainment. And the decision that I will make concerning this matter is going to be purely a business decision. She may be a disciplined gambler. But friends, Las Vegas, Reno, or any other casino across this country is not built upon disciplined gamblers. It's built upon people who don't know when to stop. And they have a marketing strategy and they are there to eke out every drop you have. They prey on the vulnerable. Our community is out to make much of what a casino can bring into our community. And I'm here to say that that four to $700,000 is going to go to cover more police officers and all that's required to help to resource them. Oh, we don't have a jail right now. And that's a big issue. Well, this will go to help fund that jail that's going to become overcrowded because of the casino issues. The bottom line of this subject is Psalms 33, verse 12. Psalm 33, 12 says this, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You could say, blessed is the family whose God is the Lord. You could even say, blessed is the city or the community whose God is the Lord. That's not a suggestion. That is an absolute truth. And it is God who sets the rules. He is the God of truth. One person has said this about casino, a casino coming to our community. She said, well, here's my take on the casino. This is just going to be more, mean more ministry for churches in Ridgecrest. And you know what? She's absolutely right. I fully anticipate that if a casino comes to town, our Monday night dinners are going to grow. There's going to be more need in our community for a free meal. Our clothing closet is going to grow because people can't afford to buy clothes uh, for their children. Our benevolence calls are going to grow. We get benevolence calls every single day because we're so visible out on this main main boulevard and people are going to be calling asking for benevolence, for help with uh, their funds. And folks, we only have so many dollars right now for our benevolence. And we, we try to do what we can, but most of that is reserved for the families of our church who have needs. But we will gladly increase our, our, the meals that we need to provide on Monday night. I, I am so grateful for your enthusiasm in uh, providing a blessing to those in need on Monday nights. The clothing closet is going to continue to grow. But I don't think that is a valid reason for allowing a casino to come to our community. 
that ministry opportunities will grow for churches. You know, Paul addressed that issue in the book of Romans. When someone asks, should sin increase that grace might increase all the more? No. But understand this. You know, a casino is a symptom to a much deeper problem in our community. Not just our community, but across the nation. We're living in a culture today that wants to move God out of our decision-making process. This isn't about God, people says. It's not about morality. It's not about the churches. This is a purely business decision. And if we have that kind of mentality, church, we just welcome all kind of sin into our lives and into our city. Let's not fear. God is in control. God is sovereign. And if he uses our city leaders to invite a casino into our community, well, maybe we're getting what we deserve. But we have a responsibility to stand up for truth. And not everyone will like us. Not everyone will like you. But we must declare the truth with love. And let the consequences fall where they may lie. Be praying. Get involved. Come Wednesday night and listen to the conversation. And God so moves you to make to share a, a story or a conviction, feel the freedom to do so. But let's stand for truth. Because generations are at stake. I am livid over the fact that they want to build a casino 300 yards from a manual Christian school. Do you know what that would mean? That would mean that children for their entire educational years will be driving back and forth in front of a casino and seeing that message and seeing what our community approves of. This is not the message that we want to send to our children and grandchildren. And we have a responsibility to say something about it. Let's pray. Father, we live in unusual days. We're on the winning team, but it doesn't feel like we're on the winning team. We're in the minority. And it didn't always used to be that way. And God, we I see us sliding back to a culture that was first century Christianity. Where Christians were certainly in the minority. And they were being persecuted for their faith. They were used as torches so that Nero might be able to light his garden in the evening. God, it's not that extreme right now. But it may be one day. And God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts, that we would have hearts of courage and faith to weather the storm and to persevere and do what's right in spite of the opposition. God, 
Help us to love our neighbor. Help us to love those who don't agree with us. And help us to pick up the pieces of lives who are falling apart because of addictive behavior. God, I thank you that you saw us in all our sinfulness when we were at our absolute worst and you sent Jesus to die for us. Help us to love people the way you love us. And God, we do pray for our city. We pray for our, our leaders that they will see this issue that as more than just a business decision. And that whatever windfall they may think might be coming our way, it will not be enough to cover the cost of the devastation that a casino leaves behind. God, I pray that your people, your disciples, will speak intelligently and lovingly about this issue with their coworkers. Jesus, help us to reflect you. We love you. And we thank you for this opportunity to cast light on a very dark subject. Be glorified as we live our lives for you. In Jesus' name, amen.